BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. guys and welcome to the stardom cast your weekly audio source of all things world wonder ring stardom many happy returns of the festive holidays my friends i'm rob goodin i'm joined by matt turner matt are you in the festive spirit yet i sure am sir and before i forget i just want to let everybody know of a programming note we're going to be changing the intro to this show we're going to get a sound bite from last week's show with Rob saying there's absolutely no way, <laughs> no way possible that the Triangle Derby, that Stardom is going to make the uh, Queen's Quest team, Sai Kamatani, Azumi, and Utami. Absolutely no way. To the point where he was almost like shouting at me. I was a little afraid. I'll be honest. I might well clip last week's episode and stick it at the front of this podcast. Um, yeah. I'll Again, I don't know why anybody takes me seriously or anything close to seriously when I clearly have... Like, you get some podcasts where you get the impression that at least one of them is in the know. You know, someone's giving them information on the sly. You can at least be assured, guys, that I know absolutely sod all because I've got everything wrong at almost every single turn, I think, this year, Matt. Yeah, you're on a roll, buddy. But uh, and just to kind of <laughs> little, add a little context, just to kind of add a little more to the joke, so... This podcast drops Friday, midnight, like my time, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I get a text from Rob around quarter after five in the morning, Friday morning. And, it, and I look down at my phone and it just says attached one image. I'm like, I know what this is about already. 
I'm pretty pretty sure I already know what this comment that he sent me is going to be. Sure enough, I looked at the text and it says, yeah, was wrong about this one, buddy. And I open up the picture and there it is, folks. The official announcement that the Triangle Derby team will be Utami, Azumi, and Saya Kamatani. So I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. And I think I text you back. I'm like, boy, it's a good thing we just dropped this podcast five hours ago where you were so adamant that they would not be a team. So adamant. I mean, I don't, I, I think they might have been the first team announced as well. So it wasn't even like they were holding off. It was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll be talking about the Triangle Derby news in a moment because obviously the uh, two blocks were announced, I believe, the day after we recorded or the day of um, the episode dropping because I think they were announced um, during New Blood. So we'll talk about that. We've got quite a bit of news to get through. We've got three shows to review. And on top of all that, we've also got our Dream Queendom preview, um, which I am quite excited for as we get closer to, because we have only got two shows left. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think next week's show will literally be a quick show. Cause I'll, we're just going to review the show for the 24th before we get on to our mega episode at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Matt, before we sort of kick into what is undoubtedly going to be the world's longest stardom cast episode, um, what is coming up on our Patreon this week? On the Patreon, we released this past week, not one, but two watch long episodes for our Merry Mayu Christmas. Myself and Sean watched Kyrie versus Mayu from uh, last month's historic crossover show. And uh, it was actually really cool watching it with him because Sean really doesn't watch a lot of Japanese wrestling. He's very indulged into the WWE, NXT, AEW, uh, American-style wrestling. So it was really cool to kind of get his take onto, like, you know, obviously he knows who Kari is, huge fan of her, especially on her run through NXT and WWE. I did, um, before we hit the play button, it is recorded, but I did give him a little bit of a brief history of uh, Mayu and Kyrie, just to kind of get them up to speed. By no means did I give them the whole history. Like 3,000 years ago, fire was invented. I didn't go that <laughs> deep into it. But uh, no, it was really, you know, and if you get a chance, because it's, we, get, we get a completely different perspective on it, you know, from Sean. So I thought that was a really, really cool little side nugget there. And then, of course, uh, this past Monday, we released, in my opinion, the greatest starter match of all time from year end climax 2016, Mayu Iwatani challenging Io Shirai for the World of Stardom Championship. And then I believe, um, I think when we're done recording this podcast, I think me and you are doubling up, right, buddy? I think we're recording the Sherry versus Mayu match from 2020. We are indeed from Yokohama, ooh, Yokohama Cinderella, I think it was, from 2020. I'm very, very excited because I haven't seen that match since since the time. So two years. Wow, how about that? What's, what's great is officially as of about 20 minutes ago, I'm officially on holiday break. I'm done work for the year. So literally the first thing I'm doing on my holiday break is recording two back-to-back podcasts with you, buddy. How better to ring in the holiday season than that? Absolutely. What what more could you need during this festive period than a double dose of Rob and Matt on the Stardom cast? I ask you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, and then obviously the end of the year. I'm just about done with the finishing touches by the end of the year, the Thunder Rock Review will be up for the white and red belt tier Patreon members. And then for next month, just to give a quick preview for the January watch along, here are the, uh, if you remember, I said last week that it would be a, um, basically a, you suggest what you want me to watch. And that's what I'm going to watch. So here are the four matches that we're going to watch. It is going to be, we're going to go to the Tokyo Dome from earlier this year as the MK sisters reunite Mayu and Starlight Kid. 
to take on the team of Sayakamatani and Tam Nakano. We also have uh, Io Shirai challenging Mako Satomura for the World of Stardom Championship from Year in Climax 2015. We have, I don't have the exact date, uh, Azumi defending the High Speed Championship against Corey. Help me with her last name, Rob. You're better than me. The girl that's fucking death. Okay, or Yoniyama. Yes, there it is. I promise I will get better at the names. And then also we will have Mayu Iwatani defending the World of Stardom Championship against Yutami Hayashista from the end of the year 2020. So if you folks are keeping score at home, this entire month of December is completely dedicated to Mayu Iwatani. I gave you fantastic uh, friends and family of the Stardom cast the option of what matches you wanted to see and you picked two more Mayu matches. <laughs> How uh, we can't, you just can't, you can't get enough Mayu. And by no means am I complaining. Give me, I'll do Mayu all year round. But like when, when the, the votes came in, or like the first four people, I was like, I'm doing an entire month of Mayu Iwatani and they still want more. Okay, folks, your show. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds again like you are going to be really, really busy heading into January. I just wanted to say as well, thank you to our latest patron, Kyle White. Hello, Kyle. We appreciate all of your support and of course, all of our great patrons. All at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast um let's kick into some news then as matt alluded to i can't predict anything to save my life on friday the triangle derby 2023 blocks were announced so the teams are as follows um h&m which is mayu uh, Iwatani, Hanan, and Momo Koga. We've got the aforementioned Queen's Quest team of Utami Hayashista, Saikamatani, and Azumi. Um, the Barry Barry Bombers, which is Juliet, Tekla, and Mei Sakurai. Um, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Saki. Um, Unique Glare, Starlight Kid, Haruka Umasaki, and Ruaka. Um, the wonderfully named Power Passion Pineapple, which is Nene Takahashi, Yu, and Yuna Mizumori. And then, of course, we have a mystery team. Now, that's red block, Matt. Before I go on to blue block, um, and obviously, aside from the Queen's Quest team, who uh, I'm not going to say look like at least one of the favorites on paper, simply because... If I predict it, it'll be wrong. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. But who else catches your eye there? The uh, Meltier Saki team, I think, will be interesting. Also, Julia teaming with Tekla and um, a Sakurai. Just because Julia and Tekla, that was kind of her go-to tag partner and before Tekla got hurt. Then her and May Sakurai just had just a string of like fantastic matches. And then I thought they were going to team them up for Tag League, but obviously Tekla came back as part of Mafia Bella, and they were obviously fantastic together. So Julia teaming with uh, with basically her two tag partners, especially coming off what we all, you know, we'll, we'll get into the end of the show, we all think is going to be her, you know, walking into this Triangle Derby, uh, Derby tournament as the World of Stardom champion. So uh, obviously my favorites, I don't need to tell you, is going to be the, the Queen's Quest team, but the uh, Mel Tirasaki team and the DDM team with Julia uh, Tekla and May Sakurai, those uh, three teams—they look—they uh, look the best on paper to me. And you certainly can't rule out Power Passion Pineapple when you consider that Nene Takashi and you are the current um, Goddess of Storm Tag League winners, and will at that point having um, had their t- their match against Melty for the titles. This mystery team, then, um, I think it's. <sighs> It's fairly accepted that it's going to be Mina Shirakawa. Obviously, she's the huge omission 
um, from across these cards. Um, I've seen maybe it'll be Pink Kabuki, so Mina Shirakawa and Yunagi Sayaka. Who would you like to see as that third match? Is there anyone that sort of sticks out that you'd like to see Pink Kabuki um, team up with? Maybe it's going to be Aoi from Just Tap Out. Who would you like to see? Um, is uh, Tomoka Nabe in any of the uh, the teams? I, didn't, um, I only briefly looked at. I only briefly looked at. I apologize for my for my lack of knowledge going into this. I don't think she is. No, she's not. Ooh, I would like to see her. I just watched that match with her and Suzu Suzuki from that New Japan Crash uh, JTO show, and it was fantastic. I would like to see her, but obviously, I think it's me, Mina Yunagi. But who's that third person going to be? I don't know. Obviously, if you're asking me, I would like if we be either the Repo Man or Bushwhacker Butch. <laughs> but that's let's throw you know, um, let's throw you know, rank in it. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I think it's going to be Mina Yunagi. But yeah, I don't know who that third. I would say May Saruga, but I know May Saruga is actually doing a whole bunch of U.S. indie dates around me um, come the uh, second, third week of January. Hmm. So I, I'm not going to be her. I mean, who, who do you who, who do you have tagged? What do you think? Um, I know that obviously Aoi from Just Up Out has sort of been taken under Yunagi's wing, so it makes sense. Of course, you've got a few of the color girls who are um, sort of satellite members of Cosmic Angels, so I'm sure they could drag some of them in as well. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting. I, I do think that Mina Shirakawa, once she's returned at um, Dream Queendom, I do think she will be part of that team, whatever that team will be. And with it being Mina, I'd be very, very surprised if it wasn't Yunagi Sayaka. I did see someone, um, if you look at the silhouettes, and I know that's a terrible thing to do because uh, I'm pretty sure companies just do it just to throw people off, but one of them does look suspiciously like Fua, who was the um, YouTuber that wrestled um, with training from Hazuki. So maybe we'll see her as part of the Triangle Derby. Um, who knows? Um, what if it's uh, three Grim Reapers? Oh my God, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll finally work out who those Grim Reapers are, maybe, but uh, I'm not holding my breath. Um, let's kick into Blue Block then. So Abarembo, God's Eye, that is Suri, Mirai, and Amis. Sorry, they, they look like a very strong team. Um, classmates, Hazuki, Koguma, and Saya Ida. You've got My Himi with a C, which is Micah, Himika, and Lady C. Um, Lollipop, um, which is Wakasukiyama, Rina Amakura, and Yuko Sakurai. You've got the prominence team of Risa Sera, Suzu Suzuki, and Karumi Hiragi. A Weditai team of Natsukatora, Saki Kashima, pardon me, and Momo Watanabe. You've got, um, and then you've got Rebel and Enemy, which is Ramkai Chow, Maika Ozaki, and Maya Yukihi, or Yukihai? Yuki. You got it, buddy. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely smashed that. Um, for me, in this blue block, um, there are a lot of very, very, very solid teams. You look at the God's Eye team of Siori Mirai and Amisori. You look at the prominence team as well, Risa Sera, Suzu Suzuki, and Karumi Hiragi, who could, at this point, be the artist of Stardom Champions. Um, you've also got the Oweratai team. You can't rule Natsukatora, Saki Kashima, and Momo Watanabe out. Um, unfortunately you do look at some teams and you you do see that obviously they have got nominated pin eaters, lollipop and my himmy with C um, but who sort of stands out here to you Matt? We'll obviously do our a full preview of this tournament before it starts on the 3rd of January um, but at the moment who is your instinct saying hmm look out for that team 
I think the God's Eye team, just because I don't think Sherry's going to have the World of Stardom Championship uh, belt going in. Uh, God's Eye versus Prominence, that's going to be a, a banger of a match. So I think like pretty much those two teams, as much as you uh, say she's a pin eater, I think Micah Himmick and Lady C, it's basically like the uh, the, the Twin Towers team. Uh, you, <laughs> yes, know, you, have, you have three real powerhouses, and Lady C's really, really starting to come onto her own. I thought she had a really good uh, end of the year here in you know, the last few months. She's really, even like her entrance alone, she really feels like she's starting to belong with like the, the top tier members of Queen's Quest. So I think, I don't think they're going to win the the block, but I think they're going to have some uh, fantastic matches. Plus it's Mike and Himika. I mean, those two are absolutely tremendous. But um, those would be my standouts. But I'm going to throw a question your way, sir. Do you find it odd that as we record this, the 22nd of December, that the artists of the current artists of stardom uh tag team is not a team meaning saki momo and starlight kid it is slightly strange and uh, i suppose you could argue that does this telegraph the finish of dream queendom um but as you would assume that the winner of this triangle derby is going to get you know a shot at the artist of stardom belts maybe it makes sense to not have the champions together so the champions can't win it um, but obviously the challengers are together, Risa Sarah, Suzu Suzuki, and Karumi Haragi. Um, I, d- I don't think it's massively strange. We, we've had this before where goddess of stardom teams, um, or title teams aren't in the tag league together and things like that. It's, it's not massively weird, but maybe it does telegraph the finish. Um, I'm going to do what I said I wouldn't do now. If I had to push you, Matt, now, um, for a red block winner, a blue block winner, and then an overall winner. Um, I think we all know who you're going to pick for the red block um, in Utami Sire and Azumi, and I don't think you'd be on your own there. But what would be your two block finalists and who comes out on top? It would be... Geez, I'm, again, I'm not even looking at the blocks, and I, I apologize. I apologize. I'm on vacation mode here, folks. Uh, is it? Can we do Queen's Quest versus God's Eye? That would be my... Are they in the same block or no? No, no, no. No, they're in different blocks. Oh, I am right. Yes, look at me. Go me. I had a 50-50 shot at getting it. And I, unlike you, good sir, I got it right. Uh, no, I think, uh, again, obviously, we might have to do it next week. Might be our, that's what we might have to do the preview, just by the way everything's lining up with the holidays. But uh, we'll talk about that more off air. But yeah, I'm going to say the God's Eye team versus the Queen's Quest team. If you think about it, this is the first Triangle Derby tournament. So I think if you end it, end the final, with an absolute banger of a match like that, I think that's the way to go. I think that's the way to go. I do have to agree with you. I, you Uh-oh. Know, I know. Don't put any money on anybody. <laughs> I was just going to say, I've instantly ruined match prediction by agreeing with him. Um, Lollipop wins it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> I do I do see it being a Queen's Quest versus God's High final. Um, I just, that is such a tasty matchup on paper. Um, and I, I think God's High come out with it. Um, because you're right, oh. it's the inaugural one. I think you need sort of a powerhouse team. Utami, Saya, and Azumi don't need it because at this point, Saya will still be the white belt champion. Azumi will still be the high speed champion, and Utami may or may not have beaten Kyrie. So again, it will be interesting to see who wins it. But I like the idea of this God's Eye unit winning it um, and looking very strong. Um, I do think prominence will maybe be second in the block. 
Um, and then maybe the Cosmic Angels team over in Red Block. It depends who this mystery team is. But we'd love to hear who you think is going to win it, who you think is going to be the block finalist, so to speak. So uh, here's up on Patreon, Discord or Twitter. We'd love to hear your opinion. Um, next thing on the New Blood show from the 16th, it was announced that New Blood tag team titles will be introduced next year with a tournament to crown the inaugural champions begin at New Blood 7 on January the 20th and con- pardon me and concluding at New Blood Premium in Yokohama Budokan on March 25th. So there's a couple of things that I want to point out to everyone here. Obviously we've got the date for the next New Blood show which is January the 20th. Um the next one after that is not going to be called New Blood 8. It looks like it's going to be called New Blood Premium unless there's one in the middle where they carry on with the tournament. Um which to me screams that it's going to be another pay-per-view which makes me laugh. Damn it. I was going to say the same thing, buddy. I'm the same page as always. <laughs> Um, premium pay-per-view absolutely i think it's fairly ambitious for them to run these to run one of these new blood shows um at yokohama budokan um i'll be intrigued to see what that card is like because obviously no offense to the talent that's on the cards at the moment but i don't see you know the cards that we've had at the moment doing good numbers at a Yokohama Budokan, so to say. So I'll be intrigued to see what else they throw on the card. Maybe Nene Takashi injecting passion into somebody else. Um, but yeah, what what are your feelings of adding the New Blood tag team titles, Matt? Are you a fan? I did enjoy the tweet that went out that said the image shown is not the actual belt design. It's just a placeholder and they're two very obviously hand-drawn belts. Um, but yeah, what's your opinion on all this, Matt? I think it gives the new blood shows a little bit more steam to it uh, that they're adding tag belts and you can kind of just make these shows. There's very few singles matches. I mean, we'll see the future of stardom championship. It's, you know, it's been defended a few times here. I believe even Ami sorry, when she won, it was the main event of uh, the NAF, the last new blood show. So I think if you put like an, uh, a future stardom championship match on these shows and then maybe like a just tap out championship match and then you throw the uh these new tag belts it just gives these shows a little bit more steam but uh, to kind of piggyback what you were saying on the new blood premium if they're running uh yokohama budokan i would not be shocked to see like a julia title defense on that show you know coming off everything with the five star you know her losses and her draws and then it, it'll take two seconds to heat up feuds with Natsupoi and Starlight Kid her like first seven or eight challengers are pretty much laid right out for her and it's going to be an absolute banger of a run so I wouldn't be shocked to see like maybe Julia versus Starlight Kid World of Stardom Championship match on that show or Julia versus Suzu Suzuki you know where they can kind of blow off that feud um you know, there if they're, if they're, I mean, because they're going to want, you're, you're going to be, you know, needing to put, you know, an ass every 18 inches. It's a lot of seats to fill. So, um, you can only do so much with the new blood theme. But I think if you put a banger of a main event on there, I think that, uh, I think that they'll do fairly well. But, uh, as far as new blood tag belts, yeah, two thumbs up. I'm all for it. Yeah, I think it adds an extra dimension to these shows. Um, I do like the shows, to be perfectly honest. I do like that they are basically just put using it as a platform to showcase younger talent and more inexperienced talent, which I do like. I do like it as a concept. And adding tag team belts just sort of, it sort of gives them something to fight for because, as you said, there aren't many singles matches. You're sort of using the future of Stardom belt at the moment as the main belt on the show, uh, which is absolutely fine. 
Um, and then obviously, like I say, those uh, New Blood tag titles as well. I'd like to see a team of maybe Aoi and Tomoka Inaba, or maybe it'll be Nanami and Tomoka Inaba from God's Eye. Maybe they'll be the first champions. Um, but it will be quite intriguing. Just to sort of go back to a point that you made about the March 25th show. When is the big stardom show in March? Is that March 27th or have I made that up? I think you might be right. Are you talking about the world climax? Yeah. I think that they say it was March or April. I'm not sure because obviously that's the big rumors that where Sasha Banks is going to have a proper stardom match there. But I think it's going to be two dates like how they did uh, um, this past year. I was going to say last year. We're technically still in 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I will have a look at that in a minute. Sorry, my girlfriend has just bought me some homemade churros with uh, homemade chocolate sauce. So she's what a what a keeper you have, buddy. What a keeper. Tell me about it. She is 100 percent the pool bearer to my undertaker. Um, (laughs) Oh yes, 100 percent hoping she's not listening and then Google's who pool bearer is. Um, (laughs) Do not need that in my life. Oh my word! Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> um, no, I'm really intrigued now to f- see when will climax. So, if you will climax 2023, let's just see if a quick Google search will. Uh... Yeah, I think it's either the last week of March or the first week of April because I know it just it's been something that's been pointed at with the all the Sasha Bank stuff. And yeah, kind of, everybody's already everybody's already kind of dream booking what they're going to do on that show because it's probably going to be the biggest proper stardom show in the history of the company. Yeah, but, I mean. I... I think it might be the first week in April. I'm sure someone will be screaming at their, uh, whatever they're throwing egg. Yeah. They're throwing eggnog at their phone. <laughs> yeah, just, Alexa, tell them that it's April. Um, <laughs> but we'll find that out. We'll talk about it a bit more. I was just wondering, obviously with the, with the um, thought of a Julia Tile defense, would they have a defend it here and then defend it, you know, two days later as well? Are they not cutting that a bit fine? But I suppose they did do back to back nights at uh, sumo hall, didn't they? So we're, uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that sort of throw on a sort of a rudimentary title defense for Julia, one that you know she's going to win, but with someone that you know is going to put on a fantastic match with her, um, like a Starlight Kid, for example, who you know they've got history, it'd be a great match, but Starlight Kid isn't winning. Um, I think that's a really good idea. Um, just off the top of your head, Matt, obviously I'm, I'm not expecting you to remember every single person that's ever wrestled on a New Blood show, but is there anyone in particular you like to see with these New Blood Tag Team Championships? Uh, Tomoka, uh, Nabe, and uh, Aoi. Or Marai Amisori, you can kind of give it to like a middle card um, tag team that's in stardom. So uh, you can you can go that way. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, even you can kind of, if you want to inject some life into it, you can do it with the WWE, that the New Days, the current NXT Tag Team Champions. I wouldn't be hurt if Aphrodite, you know, won won the tag belts, or of course Meltier. I'll never say no to that. But uh, <laughs> double champ Meltier. Boy, I'm going down. Yeah, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. But no, I would like to see um, maybe uh, uh, Inaba and Aoi, uh, the Jap, the, the just tap out team, or Risa Sarah Suzu Suzuki. You know, we're going to be here all day. So <laughs> <laughs> there's you- a lot of really good teams that can win it. I think. I do like the idea of giving someone with more prestige the titles, but I do, for the inaugural champions, I think because you are sort of showcasing the new blood concept, I think it would be wrong to then put it on a more established team um, like an Aphrodite. I, I'd i love to see an Aoi and Tomoka Inaba versus Hanan and Sayurida final. That could be quite Ooh. cool. Um, yes. Because Wingori obviously have teamed before. They've both appeared on if not all of, most of 
the New Blood shows, and I think those four women could put on a fantastic match. Um, but yeah, we'd like to hear who you think is going to be the inaugural New Blood champions, so get in touch. Um, just quickly, um, Suri was the ninth stardom wrestler in 12 years to get the Tokyo Sports 2022 Women's Wrestling Grand Prize, so well done to Suri. I think everyone will agree that that is thoroughly thoroughly well deserved and a nice feather in the cap where she was also voted PWI's woman wrestler of the year and then Matt you sent me a link today would you like to explain to the good people what you sent me absolutely folks it's the giving season it's the, I love to give not only you know not only for the holidays but all year round so I was kind of just messing around on my phone just going through certain things just trying to stay up to date and uh, I saw that, that there was a link that went up on the Stardom official um, YouTube page, and it's basically a link to the new Meltier music video. Where it's just, and when I clicked on it, first of all, I was disappointed. It's only like a minute and forty two seconds long. It should have been eleven minutes and forty two seconds long. But it's if you if you do <laughs> relax over there, he's gonna have a heart attack. Um, <laughs> If you watch the video, it's basically Meltier performing their uh, their song "Double Frontiers." It's the live version. So they show clips of them uh, playing it live, but then they show like how the how the team was formed. Formed, and I got a kick out of it where you hear their, their them singing their theme music as Tim and Natsupoy are German suplexing each other off the top of the cage. I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> like I don't know, yeah, I was very entertained by that. Like here's our love story. Here's how it started with us throwing each other off the cage and kicking each other in the face. And then you get towards the end where they're like hugging and kissing and holding hands and and doing their live performance at that uh, that anniversary show. So. I thought that I got a big kick out of it. I only got about 30 seconds into it before I immediately copy and paste the link and sent it right over to Rob. And then Rob immediately said, we're going to have to talk about this on the show, aren't we? Well, if you want. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, I think I think it's now available on iTunes as well, which is um, why it's sort of of gone up today. Um, or it will be tomorrow, the 23rd. So uh, if any Meltier fans out there, go and check it out. I did enjoy, like you just said, I did enjoy the... Um, saw the quite nice music and then you've got the backdrop of Natsupoy kicking Julia in the face. Um it was quite quite the disparity. But let's awesome. <laughs> let's start talking about these shows then. So let's start with New Blood 6 from Friday the 16th of December 2022 from Shinjuku Sumitomo Hall in Tokyo with an attendance of 306 people making it the lowest attendance for a new blood show beating out um the only other show to reach 300 people which was new blood 2 every other show that they've done has reached 400 people so does that surprise you matt uh maybe a little bit maybe just because the court getting towards the holiday season there's a lot of big shows coming up in japan maybe that's what it is you know between uh Dream Queendom, Wrestle Kingdom, there's a big show, a Noah show coming up on 1-1, um, you know, with uh, Nakamura and uh, Kent and Marafuji teaming back up. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's just people kind of maybe save, saving a few bucks during the holiday season. It could be. I mean, and again, this this isn't a uh, a knock or anything, but I think we both said when we when this card was announced, it's not, there's nothing blow away on this card is that there's no aside from maybe Nene Takahashi sort of randomly putting in an appearance against Lady C in in my opinion what was match of the night um there wasn't anything that made you go oh I've, I've definitely got to check that out 
um, which well, was a shame. Even even the future of Stardom Championship match. I mean, it only went. I think it went nine minutes. Nine minutes and seven seconds. So I don't know. There was something. It did seem a little bit more thrown together than the other new blood cards. That might have something to do with it as well. Um, let's have a look at the matches then. So match one was a singles match. Miyu Amasaki defeating Miran with a clutch variation in five minutes and 48 seconds. Miran is 13 years old, which is baffling. She is doing lion salts, Matt, at 13. Now, I don't know about you, but if I... If I tried anything like that when I was 13, all of my bones would instantly disintegrate into dust. Like, she's got less than a year's experience, and I teach children older than her. That's that's baffling. I have a children five years... I have a child five years older than her. But as, as impressive as the lion's thought was... <laughs> excuse me. The most impressive thing she did is when she kept hitting those body presses off, she would hit one off each side of the ropes... To me, I mean, that takes a lot of cardio, timing, and Miyu Amasaki being in the right place at the right time. That was the most impressive thing. You do all the moves and you want. But, like, man, when you get tired in the ring from doing spots and you get blown up, and she did not at all. And I didn't know she was 13 until about a day or two after I, uh, I, I watched the show. You sent me a text message, and I was like, get out of town, because I thought I was thoroughly impressed. And I thought this was a really good opener. You know, we we talked before on the show about how right out the gate, how great Miyu Amasaki uh, looked. And then it's, it seemed like since her future stardom uh, championship match where she kind of just didn't seem at the right place at the right time, it seemed like she was kind of up and downhill and we really didn't know where she was going. But it seems like towards the tail end of her uh, teaming with um, Azumi in the tag league and this match, it seems like she's back on track. But I thought this was a really, really solid match. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really, really good opener. To me, this is what the entire of New Blood is about. It's about, you know, as the title suggests, New Blood. I mean, you've got Miran, who I think at this point had wrestled 28 matches. That was it. Um, she, Like I say, she's 13, less than a year's experience. So to give her this platform, that is what New Blood is about. So if you come to this show and expect, you know, five-star classics, it's, it's not going to happen. But to sort of watch these shows and see the the stars of the future, you know, coming together as young as 30. I mean, you know, we had Hannon, we had Rina, we had Hina, Azumi, um, you know, Starlight Kid started at 14. And to see the youth of the Joshi scene coming through, that's why I enjoy tuning into these shows. I know that they aren't going to be of the caliber of a Mayu versus Utami or whatever, but I don't go into the show expecting that, Matt. Um, I don't know if you're the same. No, I mean, I just, I really just enjoy it. First of all, it's free. It's on YouTube and it's right there. It happens. I don't watch it live because it happens like two or three in the morning. So I'll watch it when I get done with work or everything that I need to get done. But, uh, so it's, it, you know, it's right there. You can watch it. It's a quick show. And, uh, you know, it's actually kind of funny. You're talking about the youth of the Joshi scene with all these rumors of a certain Sasha Banks coming over. I'm getting a lot of messages from my, uh, my friends saying, yeah, who's that? joshi uh stardom prodigy she's like in her 20s there's that one project in her 20s i'm like yeah that's like 90 percent of the roster <laughs> <That's even more laughs> it's like, well, i was like here's the names and like and the person they were referred to was suzu suzuki and i was like yeah okay yeah, she uh, just yeah, turned yeah. 20 yeah she just turned 20 but uh yeah you're talking about the youth of the joshi scene yeah exactly this girl she's seven years away of turning 20 it's absolutely amazing but i think somebody she's somebody because again i was thoroughly impressed 
that as the more reps she gets under her belt, I would not be shocked to see her in stardom in like 2024, 2025. Obviously, if she stays healthy and wants to do it. Absolutely. Um, I gave it three stars, Matt. What about you? Uh, three and a quarter. Um, let's move on then to our second match, which was another singles match with Rina, who had a fantastic weekend, um, defeated Sene Taka Bayashi with the Pink Devil in 7 minutes and 24 seconds. Uh, Taka Bayashi, of course, from Best Body Japan Pro Wrestling. And we talked about experience with Miran, and uh, Taka Bayashi has been wrestling longer, but has wrestled less matches so uh, it's interesting to see how a 13-year-old has wrestled more. Um, I just found that really quite interesting. But overall, I wasn't massively enamored with this match, Matt. No, um, I thought Rena was great, and I thought she was great this whole entire weekend. And, you know, we'll get to that in a minute. I think her stock's going to go up huge uh, come the end of 2023. We talked about Moran not getting blown up. Takabayashi, to me, towards the end of this match, last two or three minutes, just looked tired. And I think that's probably where your disconnect came out. Because to me, she just looked tired. She was blown up. She was breathing heavy. When you don't have any air in your lungs, you start to panic because you're trying to catch that breath, especially if you're in a match. So then you tend to forget certain spots. You're not at the right place at the right time. And to me, Rena did a really good job carrying the last little bit of that match. But to me, I don't know if she just got... If she got, um, you know, adrenaline dump or the anxiety hit, because it's obviously probably the biggest stage she's ever been on. But yeah, I didn't particularly care too much for this match. And I think that's why I think it's because she got blown up towards the end. But credit to Rena because she was really able to guide the last two minutes of the match. Yeah, and at 15 years old, that speaks uh, volumes of the talent that Rena has. The fact that she is able to carry a match at such a young age. Um, I gave it two and three quarters. I just... I'm. I know that Best Body is obviously a completely different promotion to Stardom, but I just I wasn't interested at all in this match. I know I've just been talking about how I don't go into the New Blood shows expecting huge match quality, but I don't know. I wasn't massively into Takabayashi's um, gimmick or anything like that. So two and three quarters from me, Matt. What about you? Gentlemen's three stars, especially I can't, you know, fault Rena for what happened there at the end. If, like I said, if anything, I'm going to praise her. Again, 15 years old to be able to kind of guide where uh, the finish needed to go. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. I'm 40 and sometimes I have trouble tying my shoes. So <laughs> I'm genuinely excited at the prospect of Rena, Hina and Hannon, to be perfectly honest. Um, especially when you consider that both Rena and Hina are 15 years old and look really, really good. Now that Kina seems to have grown in confidence as well. I'm very, very excited to see what she brings. Um, yeah, they just need to quit school. I don't know. They're just wasting <laughs> their time speaking to the teacher. <laughs> wasting your time, kid. Yeah, just look, guys. Just just quit. Um, <laughs> me, Hina does sort of remind me, and I know I'm probably going to get a lot of people going, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's that's true. I don't. But I, she gives me such young Momo Watanabe vibes. Ooh. I see that. I just watched the J.K. Green uh, versus Thunder Rock match from 2016. So that would put Momo at, what, 16 years old at that point. Ooh, yeah, you know what? No, you're not an idiot, Rob. I mean, you are, but you aren't. So <laughs> You're a you lovable I mean. idiot, Rob. Sorry, my girlfriend has just bought me even more churros, which I'm trying to... Unbelievable. <laughs> Small part of chocolate fall. sauce. <laughs> He's going to fall... You realize this is going to be like a two-hour podcast, and then we have to do the watch along. You realize Rob's going to be asleep in about an hour and a half. Folks. Honestly, I'm trying not to. If you can hear me munching by the microphone, I'm trying desperately <laughs> to hide my what's it from the from the microphone. So uh, if you just hear, 
that's what it is. Just I go for it, buddy. We're the love. We're the lovable fun podcast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, then match three, a six-woman tag team match with the God's Eye team of Mirai Nanami and Tomoka Inaba defeating the Stars team of Hanan, Momokogo, and Saya Ida, with Mirai getting the submission victory over Momokogo with the Mirror Mare in eleven minutes and seventeen seconds. Matt, this was more of what I like. Yeah, this was fantastic. And Momo Kogo really using, obviously, the Mirai's the submission master here in this match, especially, you know, her go-to, the uh, the double wrist lock. But Momo Kogo really working the uh, rear naked choke, the sleeper hold on Mirai, which they, they it played very well towards the end. Like, she would go for it and have it a little bit, go for it and have it a little bit, and eventually she gets countered um, with Mirai and uh, Mirai locking in the uh, the double wrist lock. But yeah, this was great. Obviously, Hanan's great. Uh, Saeed is great. Momo Kogo, I think, is really starting to come into her own. And then, obviously, the guys' eye team is is fantastic. And we we rant and rave how fantastic that Tomoko Nabe is. Uh, and she's yeah, obviously fantastic. She's tremendous. And you know, Mirai, who would have thought? You know, when she was the Momo mask at the beginning of the year, when we were like, we have no idea who that is. Here it is. Fast forward 11, 12 months later, she's at the top of the cards and just one of my favorite wrestlers in stardom to watch. And the fact that they do put her on these uh, new blood shows, as well as, you know, obviously the stardom shows proper, just uh, really adds some star power to the new blood shows. But this was great. It was everything made sense. Everybody looked good. They got everybody over. And of course, the right person won in the end. Uh, This was solid. Nothing was wasted here. But exactly like you said, partner, this was exactly uh, what I'm looking forward to forward at looking to, excuse me, at a new blood show. I had this at a solid three and a half stars. Yeah, I gave it three and a quarter. I, you know, I can't believe the year that Mariah's had. You know, she's challenged for the red belt, the white belt. She's won the Cinderella. Um, she had a really good showing in the um, in the five star as well. It's a fantastic yes, first year in stardom for Mariah, and she's just gone from strength to strength to strength. So massively, massively impressed with her year. I'd be surprised if um, when the polls come out for our Stardomcast end-of-year awards, I'd be surprised if she's not there or thereabouts in terms of worker of the year. Um, Momo Kogo, I thought, looked great here. Um, Hanan Sayurida, always, always, always impressed. What did you think of Nanami? I don't know too much about her, but um, she looked really solid here as well. Obviously, out of the six, the six competitors here, I knew the least amount, um, and I know she's the newest member. Didn't she join it in uh, New Blood Five? I believe she joined very like, recently. Yeah, she's sixteen. Yeah, she. That's another. That, that's my next question. I think she's only sixteen or seventeen. Obviously, if she's going to be part of that group, I mean, you're in there with some absolute killers. But I thought she looked pretty good. I'd like to see her um, competing more in the stardom shows and then obviously on these new blood shows to get to get her more reps. Again, she looks like she's got the uh, the hunger for it and the passion for it to be at that age on this, you know, on this stage. She's only going to get better, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we move on then to a tag team match with Rebel and Enemy, which is Ramkai Chow and Micah Ozaki, defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Waka Sukiyama with Ozaki submitting Waka with the Argentine backbreaker in 13 minutes and 27 seconds. Now, I was worried when we when we talked last, I believe, Matt, on the last podcast, we were talking about Waka's constant losing and we talked about how they lost the energy with it. They lost the opportunity to sort of get that cathartic win. And I sort of felt like 
they were treading water with it. And every time Wacker lost, it was sort of diluting it more and more and more, and they weren't really referencing it. And it just became a bit like, oh, Wacker's going to lose. In the space of the 13 minutes of this match, and then what happens after the Nene Takahashi and Lady C match, I'm so much more invested in that Wacker story again. Like, I was I think what? Go on. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. God, you got, you got. No, I was just going to say I've always been invested in Wacker because she is such an endearing babyface, but I was worried that they were going to mishandle the story and miss the boat on it. However, they have managed to reheat it superbly. And also, Matt, you said last week, you know, if you're Tam and you're losing these matches every single week because of Wacker, because Wacker can't get a victory, are you going to want her in your stable? And that was sort of played out in this as well as Wacker's crying in the ring and Tam is sort of just looking at her going, you need to be better. And I just thought that, and then obviously what happens, um, like I mentioned at the end of the semi-main, I thought heated this story up perfectly. When you look at these New Blood shows, it really seems like the constant story they have going is Waka and Ram. And we keep saying, who's Waka's first win going to be? We thought a year ago it would be over, um, well, about a year ago, uh, May Sakurai. I think that ship has sailed. Obviously, you can heat that back up. But I think it's going to be over Ram. I really think that's what they're doing. And another thing, and I think it was brought up to us, I think on uh, on Twitter, I forget who it was, somebody sent us a message. And uh, they said, you think that they're holding off Waka's first win until they get out of the clap crowd? because you're building it up so much that you want her first when you want the people to be jumping up and down and throwing the, throwing the babies in the air and throwing the popcorn and, and, and whatnot. So I see that as a possibility, but then again, at the same time, it's like, we're getting, we keep hearing we're so close to cheering crowds and you hear like new Japan or Noah will do like certain shows where it's a cheering crowd. So it's like, I understand that point, but eventually you got to pull the trigger on it before you just dilute it so far down and this is kudos to waka because she's i mean it's it's it, the book it's it's not up to her she basically is you know here's the booking here's what you need to do you go out and do it and she's doing it to the best of her ability every single time that she's out so yeah i mean there's a lot of different ways to look at it, it definitely is interesting and that just shows you how great the booking of stardom has been the last 12 and 14 months they have all these crazy stories going on you know with the prominence and julie and shiri and got, bringing in god's eye and Tam and Natsu like killing each other and then, you know, turning into the greatest tag team of all time. And then you throw this Waka thing in there as well. It's just like, there's so many interesting stories uh, coming in and out of stardom that it's, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something to keep your eye f- out for. But I think that's my prediction is I think Waka is going to get that first win. I think it's going to be over ramp because they're doing a really good job building uh, the two of them up, especially the fact that poor Waka, every one of these new blood shows, it's like, Death taxes and Waka gets the powder thrown in her face. <laughs> you just know it's going to happen. <laughs> My only concern with that is, would you then have her get the win on a New Blood show? Or, I mean, New Japan have obviously announced that cheering is more or less back at Wrestle Kingdom, which is going to be fantastic. Um, but do you then wait to the early April, late March World Climax show and have Wacker beat Ram there on one of those cards in front of a cheering crowd at Sumo Hall? Or do you make it the main event of a new blood show and have her win there? If you were given the book, what what do you well, what would you do and what do you think they will do? If it's gonna be Wacker and Ram. I think you telegraph it to a point where it's like Wacker's like, I can't 
take this anymore. If I lose to you on New Blood Premium times two, that I will retire. So now it's like, okay, we know Waka's not retiring. We need to tune into this New Blood show. We don't have to pay, you know, the pay-per-view fee, or we don't have to wait three or four days for it to go on Stardom World. We can watch this live on YouTube. I think that's the way to kind of go about it. Because it's not a major thing, but it's something that we've just been kind of just kind of peeking in the, the curtain for. So I think that's where you do it. But I think Waka gets to a point where she puts a stipulation that either she leaves Cosmic Angels or she'll shave her head or she'll retire from wrestling if she doesn't beat Ram. To the point where it's like, okay, we know we need to watch because Waka's going to go over and this is going to be the big win. I do like the that's idea. What I, yeah, I do like the idea of it happening. It's um, New Blood Premium. That makes perfect sense. Um, you know, it's a big it's a bigger venue, and I think with the stipulation as well, you're going to get a lot of people tuning in. I'm sure Ram will be up for doing that. Um, but overall, I mean, this match we didn't even talk about the match. We've just talked about Wacker, but I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed the chemistry between Ram and Wacker. Like you said, they've done a fantastic job of building that pair up. Um, I gave it three and a quarter, Matt. What about you? I was the same, three and a quarter. Uh, three and a quarter. Yep, I thought this was solid. It's nice when you have some star power too on these shows. When you talked about Nanai Takahashi coming, you know, being in the the semi main, but uh, obviously you you know you had Tam in there, and then as well as uh, certain somebody in the next match we're about to talk about. Well, let's talk about that match then. Match five, a tag team match. The Donna Del Mondo team of May Sakurai and Tekla defeating the Starlight Kid and Karma, which is Haruka Umasaki's alter ego. Um, that team via disqualification in 13 minutes and 53 seconds. Um, uh, yep. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> All right, you got the side. Yep, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> I really like Umasaki. I think Umasaki is great. The matches that I've seen her have have always been great. I do not like this karma gimmick one bit. And I mean, she's what? She's 20 something, I think. She's early 20s. She's really young. Does she need an, like, she's 21. Does she need an alter ego? No, just wrestle as Haruko Masaki. That's what people want to come and see. I've not seen one person that likes this karma thing. And I, I understand that it's, you know, she's turning to the dark side so she can team with a wet tie, and Umasaki hasn't done. But I don't know. I just I don't like it. She they lost the match by fireball, two of them technically, because one went into I believe May Sakurai's face, and then she did one to the referee. But it wasn't even it wasn't even the goofy nonsense of the fireball. It was just how bored she looked whilst doing it. Like nothing seemed to have any energy, and I. Yes, I understand that's the gimmick. You know, she's sort of that angsty sort of... I don't know. It This match wasn't for me, and it wasn't for lack of trying from kids and Tekla, who, of course, are in some sort of mini-feud at the moment, and that was really good. I think May Sakurai's improved massively. I just I hate this karma thing, man. I really, really, really do not like it, especially, and it proper compounds it, because I know how good Umasaki is, and I just want to see that. Um, yeah, buddy. Uh, to me, this is a missed opportunity because you have, again, we were kind of scratching our heads and we're like, really, Sai Kamatani, the wrestler of the year, may go down as the greatest, uh, not only the wonder of stardom champion of all time, but the, one of the greatest title reigns ever in the history of this company, whether it's, you know, high speed, white or red belt. 
And then on your big show, it's you're going up against Yumasaki, who I've only seen maybe wrestle once or twice. I really, with this time off I'm having, I'm really going to need to go and do some research so I'm more familiar with her stuff uh, as we get to uh, Dream Queendom here in a week. But it's like, okay, so he, you're on the stage. This show is easily accessible to everyone. Um, you know, you have a decent amount of people there. You're in a match with Starlight Kid, obviously one of the MVPs, uh, not only in Stardom, but in all of wrestling this year, May Sakurai, who's improved so much, and Tekla, who's been on fire since she came back. I don't think you need to do this karma gimmick here. Have her come out as Yumasaki, you know, have her heat her up, give her the spot she needs, shine her up really well. So when you have the Stardom fans are kind of scratching their head, I'm like, why is the co-main event of this giant show, Sayakamatani? There's a wrestler that I've barely seen before that doesn't work for the company. But you know what? On this new blood show that's easily accessible, again, right on their YouTube page, as long as you have Wi-Fi and a smart device, you can watch it. And you give her this karma gimmick, which I'm assuming and I'm hoping she doesn't do on the 29th. And then to me, she was by far and away, and I mean this with all peace and love, the worst part of this match just absolutely just drag this match down dreadful like i understand it's supposed to be like an american style gimmick where she's supposed to you know be getting heat i guess for a you know lack of a better word and doing the fireball but uh i just thought this is a missed opportunity in so many different ways you're you're only a few weeks away uh from the biggest match of her career just have her come out as yumasaki Give the match 12, 13 minutes, have her look good, hit the spots where she needs to, have her get the clean win over either May Sakurai or Tekla in the middle of the ring, and then you heat her up going toward going towards Sayakamatani in the white belt. I think you've summed it up all all up there with a nice tidy bow on it, Matt. Um I mean, 21 years old. There's there's the stardom in showcase shows for stuff like this. You know. Sticker throwing fireballs at someone in a match with that as a stipulation. The same one where we had coffin matches and beauty hair zest matches. That's that's the whole point of those shows is starting being a bit wacky. I don't want to see fireballs thrown, you know, especially when she's so damn good. Um, and like you said, not everyone who is watching Stardom is familiar with Umasaki. You know, I'm not. No, I'm I do not a podcast. massively. I'm not. I don't know if you're aware of this, Rob. I do a podcast. I don't know do a podcast. I do a podcast with a guy that wrote a book called Living the Dream, starting <laughs> Santa Anniversary in Review. Wow. What a way to shoehorn that in. That was and I'm well yet, shoehorned. I'm very wow. impressed. Well wow. done. Didn't even look. I literally just looked up and there's your book. I'm like, oh, there's a cheap way to get it in. But yeah, exactly. Ex- sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, exactly, buddy. This is technically your stardom show. You know, it's one of the stardom brands. This would have been a perfect place to showcase their talents here and we got everything but I'm, I'm all for people expressing their creativity all for it and i think if you want to do that it's just a case of right you are a week away from what will be the biggest match of your career so far wrestles yourself you can do the karma stuff later on that's fine but here we need umasaki but that's by the by I, I couldn't give this a good mark because I just, I did not like it. And because the gimmick was such a huge part of the match and such a huge part of the finish as well, it just, it fell flat for me. I gave it two and a quarter. Yeah. I, just because Starlight Kid, Tech, with May Sakurai were all great. I can't, again, I can't fault them. Gentlemen's three stars. 
Um, let's move on then to the semi-main. The match I really did like was a singles match slash passion injection match with Nene Sakahashi defeating Lady C with what is listed as the Quinby bomb. I've never heard that before, ever. It was effectively a fisherman buster um, in 11 minutes and 28 seconds. Right off the bat, Matt, is this Lady C's best singles match to date? Absolutely, sir. Yep, absolutely. And I think that I know you weren't watching this when I was. No. So I was going to text you. I, I was going to text you to say I think this is Lady C's best match, but I didn't want to spoil anything. But to me, that this was her best match. And again, Renee Takahashi, we talked about it during um, when we wrapped up the tag league. She is just so giving to the younger wrestlers. Well, no due respect. You know, with all due respect, she, she everybody else is younger <laughs> than her. But uh, and I did not mean that as a slight. I think she's absolutely fantastic. I thought she was great in the Sherry match. I thought um, that her tag league run, uh, as shocking as it was, that her uh, the team seven up won. I thought she was great and so giving to the younger wrestlers. And she gave a lot to Lady C here. She made Lady C look really, really good. And I, I know I sound like a broken record but it makes sense when you heat somebody up and put somebody over in the match as much as Nene did uh, to Lady C here. And then what's the finish clothesline, uh, the uh, fisherman's buster for the win. That mean that just makes her look so much better. If she just doesn't sell, doesn't do anything, doesn't, you know, doesn't give her opponent anything. Who did you beat? Nobody, but she did a great job getting Lady C over in this match. But to answer your question, sir, yes, in my opinion, this was Lady C's best singles match. How about you? Completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. This was everything I wanted it to be from this match. Nene Takahashi, like you said, this is the perfect thing for Nene to basically get into the ring with some of talent, you know, your Lady C's, your Momo Kogo, Mio Amasaki. Obviously, we're getting to a program with Wacker as well. Literally, just elevate them by being in the ring with her. And she got, I will just point out, by the way, I don't know if you heard this, she got a far better reception when she came out on this show than she did for the Tag League. Um, they were they were big into Nene Takahashi in Tokyo. Um, but yeah, I thought she gave Lady C, I mean, nobody thought Lady C was winning this. Nobody did. However, what the point of this match was, was to showcase Lady C. Okay, showcase how far she has come since being in Queen's Quest. And I think they did that perfectly. Lady C got a lot of offense in. Nene sold beautifully. And it wasn't just a one move and Lady C's out. It took a lot to keep Lady C down, which ultimately, I think, was the perfect story in this 11-minute match. For me, this was easily the match in the night, the match I enjoyed most, the match that made the most sense. And... It's elevated Lady C. So full props to Nene Takahashi in this. Um, I gave it three and a half, Matt. What about you? I had liked it a little bit more than you. I had it three and three quarters there, sir. Um, Post-match, Wakasukiyama comes out. She's in tears and she begs Nene Takahashi to basically inject some passion into her. Um, because obviously... After her tag match with Tam, Tam had a discussion with her and basically left her crying in the middle of the ring. Um, I love the idea of Nene just having this series of passion injection matches against the younger, uh, against the uh, less experienced wrestlers. I love that. And if we can sort of work in this passion injection match with Nene and Wacker into Wacker eventually getting that first win. Have Nene take her under her wing. Maybe even teach her a move that she eventually uses to win. 
I love Ooh, that as a story. Idea. I love that as a story. And also, that's a that's a great thing that you can have play out on these New Blood shows. I think it's the perfect little mini storyline as we head towards um, New Blood Premium. I think having that mentor-mentee relationship with someone like Anene Takahashi, who's been there, done that, seen it all, it would be perfect. And Waka would learn loads. I think she'd be seen as more of a threat. Overall, I can't see a negative in this relationship, Matt. No, not at all. Not at all. Keep it going. Match seven then, and our main event of the evening was our future of Stardom Championship match. Amisori making her first title defense, defeating Ruwaka with the like of Thunderbolt in nine minutes and seven seconds. Um, I've seen a lot of mixed opinions about this, Matt. What was your opinion on it? I really liked it, considering the fact that um, I knew this wasn't going to be as good as what I just saw um, with the match we just talked about, obviously. Ruwaka, I've been having mixed opinions on. I, I said a few months ago, she's not progressing nowhere near as fast as anybody in the roster. They put her in this team, BMI uh, 2000, with uh, with uh, Tora coming back from the knee injury and completely blown away of just the chemistry the two of them had. So you kind of had, she had some steam going into this match, which was smart booking, you know, in the main event. But to be honest with my expectations were I knew it wasn't going to be bad, but I thought it would like, just be okay. And I thought it was really good. I thought it was really solid. The match went just a hair over nine minutes. I thought uh, Ami did a really good job selling for Ruwaka, making sure she was in the right spot at the right, right time. And I love the finish, how Ami basically had to unload the toolbox to put Ruwaka away. She hits the the blue thunderbomb uh, for two count, and then she hits, just drills Ruwaka with a series of lariats and then hits the light of the thunderbolt. So I'm, I like that uh, they got Ruwaka over in this match. With uh, Ami having to use all of her big moves to put her away, again, by no means was it better than the match we just talked about. But I thought this was a solid future of Stardom Championship match, and I was really happy um, at Ruaka's performance. Because, again, I want obviously I want Stardom to succeed, so I want all the wrestlers to succeed. So the fact that Ruaka these last two months has been looking much, much better... Obviously, like I talked about before in the tag matches, here she's on an island by herself. She doesn't have uh, Tora. She doesn't have Momo or Starlight Kid to kind of set her up where she needs to be. She's in there by herself. And I thought this was one of the better, if not her best singles match. Um, I had a three and a half stars. I thought this was really, really solid. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way of describing it is solid. I think it was a good showcase of both wrestlers. Um, obviously, it's the first time we've seen Amisori as champion. I think Ruaka was a decent enough foil for Amisori, even though I think it was fairly obvious he wasn't going to be regaining the championship here. And I think um, we've been spoiled a little bit because Hannon's defences were being so consistent and being at a higher level. Um, and... It, Amisori is a completely different wrestler to Hannon. Ruwaka is a completely different wrestler to Hannon. So therefore, we're going to have different matches. We're going to have, you know, the more, for lack of a better phrase, hostile matches where we're lariating each other and hitting big moves as opposed to quicker paced matches that Hannon was potentially having with the belt. Overall, I didn't hate this match. I thought it was a good, solid title defense for Amisori. Um, so yeah, overall, I gave it three and a quarter, Matt. Again, not quite as high on it as you were, but I'm definitely not as down on it as I saw quite a few people were on Twitter. Overall, I thought it was a solid match. And overall, to be fair, I know that obviously we've, um, we've been a bit down on the karma gimmick and we were a bit down on um, the Wiener versus Sane Takabayashi match. This was a solid show, Matt. 
from start to finish, yeah. really. This was, uh, I think, New Blood 4 and 5, I thought just were okay. I thought they had, like, one or two good matches. I thought this was probably maybe the second or third best New Blood show. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But uh, just a real quick to kind of just um, rewind the tape here a few seconds. You talked about Ami being different than Hana for obvious different reasons. You have the quicker style of Hana and the more brute style of Ami. You're forgetting, obviously, Rob, the biggest difference between the two of them is the theme music. I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on, buddy. Hey, we're a stardom podcast. We got to cover all the bases here, you know? <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. I mean, it is unfortunate because Amisori's theme is still a banger. Um, yep. But she's in a tag team with Mirai, and Mirai's music is better than her. She's just taken the belt off Hannon, and Hannon's music is <laughs> iconic. It's chart-topping. Um, <laughs> you know, I've heard that she's going to be the third member in Maltia, but... Even so, you know, I I do expect. Wait, Hana, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just fought myself. Oh my god, I just fought myself. I couldn't keep a straight face. I'm dying over here. Um, I got him in the house by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on then. We'll go through the two nights of the year end tour as Stardom goes through its final tour of the year what i'll do is we'll go through night three first i'll read out all the results and then we'll go through any sort of talking points from this night and then we'll do the same with night four before we go into the preview of dream queendom so we start with night three from saturday the 17th of december from gms gunma in takasaki gunma in front of 361 people uh match one was a three-way match may sakurai defeating miyu amasaki and hina with the may pan roll in three minutes and 51 seconds uh we then had a six-woman tag match with the stars team of kogama hanan and momo kogo defeating the cosmic angels team of tam nakano natsupoy and wakasuki armor with yet you guessed it, Wakasuki Armour eating the Kuma roll in 11 minutes and 18 seconds. Match three was another six-woman tag. The stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Saya Ida defeating the Oeratai team of Saki Kashima, Fukukin Death, and Rina with Hazuki getting the pinfall with the diving senton in seven minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, match four, eight-woman tag team match with the Oeratai team of Nadsa Katora, Ruaka, Starlight Kid, and Momo Watanabe versus, uh, defeating the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashista, Sayakamatani, Azumi, and Lady C with Ruaka pinning Lady C with the Freezer Bomb in 15 minutes and 27 seconds. And then our main event was an eight-woman tag team match, the God's Eye team of Siori, Mirai, Amisori, and Tomoka Inaba defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Mike. Himika and Tekla with Suri submitting Himika with the White Tiger or the Biako in 23 minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, Matt, what would you like to talk about from this show? Well, sir, I just kind of want to get your opinion on something. As we we're going, as I'm watching the show and we're going into the co-main event, there's only five matches on the show, as you uh, alluded to. For a stardom show, especially for this year, I was a little bit disappointed, kind of lackluster. And I was like, matches one, two, and three. And I'm like, we only have two matches left. If I would have paid a ticket to see this show, I would have been a little bit disappointed. And then these last two matches happened. And I was like, oh boy, howdy. Did you feel that as well, too? Like, match one, two, and three were kind of like just there. And then the co main event and the main event were just like blow the doors off. I mean, match one, I I didn't really understand what was what the purpose of match one was because it went less than four minutes. 
So it was just in a three-way. Yeah, yeah it was a three-way. Um, it, it, yeah, very, very strange match one. You absolutely right. Match two, match three was sort of there. Nothing to really talk about, but certainly nothing bad when you look at who was in the ring. Um, but yeah, match four, the eight woman um, between a Weathertie and Queen's Quest, and then especially that main event between God's Eye and Donna Del Mondo really, really, really did up the match quality significantly, especially that main event. That main event was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, match four, you had so many, uh, you know, Zumi and Momo Watanabe, you know, kind of continuing their feud. So they were kind of going back and forth. Obviously, um, you have Sai Kamatani and Utami work so well together as a team. And then again, we talked about it last week, Utami and Lady C, we got to see the Holy Demon Army finish, the chokeslam <laughs> uh, backdrop driver. So I was like, yes, absolutely right there. Uh, that's always a you know, huge thing for me. Starlight Kid, we saw her and Saya Kamatani. They gel so well together, so well. And we'll talk about it in the main event from night two because they, uh, they, they gelled even better on, uh, you know, in that main event. But uh, their, their chemistry together is you know, so good. And I thought it was kind of interesting that you have, out of all these uh, fantastic competitors in this match, that Ruaka winds up getting the fall there. So it's just like, oh, I kind of didn't see that coming. But, you know, I guess a good way to kind of heat her up. But I thought the co-main event was absolutely fantastic. Just uh, almost like a must-see match. I actually had it at, at four stars, and I'm just curious to see what you rated it at. Wow, you liked it a little bit more than me. I, I had it at three and a half, and then I had the main as four. Um, because, again, I thought that semi-main was great. I thought the exchanges you've already mentioned between Momo Watanabe and Azumi and Starlight Kid and Sayakamitani especially were really, really, really good exchanges. Um and obviously, you know, they gave both matches significant time, which I suppose they can when the first match only goes three minutes. Um, but yeah, massively, massively enjoyed it. Natsukatora continues to impress. I've, I didn't realize actually how much I'd missed her. Um, but I really, I think. Oh, I know. Oh, what? It might, might be the chocolate Cheerios talking. I think that probably is. Probably is. I'm high off dairy milk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Tora was great. Her and Utami sort of bashing into each other like two fridges just brilliant loved it um but yeah we gotta talk about this main event man this main event yeah. was superb the noise of Suri's kicks to tackler who <laughs> she broke all sorts of character when that first kick hit because you could tell she was gonna sell it and then she was like jesus christ that actually really hurt <laughs> she was just like all the wind got taken out but they they held nothing back and then on top of that you've got Mariah and Himika and Micah throwing lariats left right and center you've got Tomoka Inaba eating all the heat and then Julia giving her loads of offense which I thought was brilliant but bizarre um we have the you know the the exchanges between Suri and Julia to heat that up as though that match needs any more heating up it's already at boiling point overall these two teams could wrestle for the rest of the year and I'd be happy. My only real, my only real shock from this was that it was Himika who submitted to the White Tiger. But I'm not surprised that Shuri got the win. Bearing in mind that we have got presumably her dropping the title. Yeah, I mean, good kind of way to kind of get her last. What I'm going to assume big win um, as champion. Because um, yeah, we're you know we're we're right here. We're we're a week. You know, as we record this, 22nd. Yeah, geez, we're a week away. Wow unbelievable what a year um 
the one really, I mean, you hit everything uh, on the head. I mean, obviously, if you have not seen this, folks, by all means, please go out of your way and see it. This was this match was absolutely fantastic. One of the best eight person tag matches I've ever seen from any company. Uh, and this was, th- th- yeah, you had it at four stars. I had it four and a quarter stars. The one part of the match that I really, really enjoyed is you kind of have the two hard hitters with the kicks on the God's Eye team, Sherry and uh, Timoka Inaba. And then you have the two hard hitters with the clotheslines on the other team, Mike and Himika. And Mike and Himika hit the Larry sandwich, which is like their, one of their go-to moves. And then basically it gets turned around and the God's IT comes in. And then uh, Sherry and uh, Tomoka, they hit the uh, the stereo soccer kicks, like the sandwich soccer kicks. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Because like that's kind of like their go-to. And they kind of did like, yeah, you think those lariats are cool? They look cool. They sound cool. But watch this. And I'm like, oh, it's just really cool how they kind of almost did those almost back to back like the psychology on that. I, I really, really enjoyed. But yeah, it was a little bit of shocker on the finisher. You figured that, uh, you know, that Tekla would eat the fall here. But at the same time, you want to give Shiri one last big win before, uh, you know, she goes into the biggest show of the year uh, up against Julia. So, I mean, this was just. I mean, it was just great. It was just great. It was hard hitting. Everything made sense. Everybody came out of this match looking better than they went in. I think Tekla's just been absolutely on fire since coming back. I'm so excited to see what she does uh, in 2023 with this absolutely loaded roster. But yeah, you said it well, my friend. This was maybe my second favorite match from this tour. Um, let's move on then. Let's move on to night four. Now, just a little note about this show. We talked about when we were previewing it last week about how we thought it was strange how Rina Hina and Hannon were in the main event. But actually, the show was in Rina Hina and Hannon's hometown. So thank you, Valkage on Discord, who made that uh, made that clear to us. Uh, it's a good job that he knows more than us. Um, so yeah, we're talking about night four from Sunday the 18th of December uh, from New Sumpia Takasaki in Toshigi in front of 342 people. Um, it's the highest attendance for the company at the venue. They've run it twice before, reaching 203 and then 273. So we've got a nice straight line uh, for the growth here. Again, I'll read through the results and then uh, we'll talk about the matches afterwards. So, match one, three-way match. Sayurida defeating Lady C and Saki Kashima with the modified Dragon Sleeper in 5 minutes and 28 seconds. We've then got a three-way tag match with the Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Miyu Amasaki defeating the Mai Himi team and Stars teams of Momokogo and Kogama with uh, Azumi getting the pinfall with the Azumi Sushi in 7 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, match three, another tag team match. Meltia defeating BMI 2000 via disqualification in 8 minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, match four was a six-woman tag team match. The God's Eye team of Amisori, Mirai, and Suri defeating the Donna Del Mondo team. Back-to-back losses for Donna Del Mondo as we head into Sumo Hall. Uh, the Julia Tekla and May Sakurai team with Mirai getting the victory with a lariat in 14 minutes and 20 seconds. And then match five, the three-way nine-woman tag team match. The Uenatai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Wiener defeating the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashista, Sayakamatani, and Hina, and the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Hanan with the Pink Devil. Uh, Rina pinning Hanan with the Pink Devil in 19 minutes and 22 seconds. Um, I will be perfectly honest, due to other commitments, I didn't actually get to see this show, Matt. So, uh, Matt, what is worth checking out from this show? What notes have you made? 
Okay, good, sir. Meltair versus BMI 2000 was really, really good. There was points because I'm uh, there was points in this match. Obviously, you know who won. You just read the results. That Tora hits like a bunch of DVDs, which is like you know kind of her go-to move. I I think the story is uh, Kagasu basically handed her the the DVD on her way out to, and I don't mean the physical copy of the DVD. I mean the Death Valley Driver. <laughs> oh, but I'm all sorts of funny folks. <laughs> I, I'm in Christmas spirit, but I was like, oh man, they're gonna put you know going into the big show at the end of the year, they're gonna melt your drop a fall here. But there was some really good false finishes. That match was really good, and and then it, like it was really cool how they just got so frustrated they couldn't put. Tam and Natsupoy away, so they're like, screw it, we're just gonna go to uh the pipe or whatever it is that uh that Tor brings into the ring, and then the cheetah starts choking out Tam with it, and the ref calls for the bell. But that was a really, really good match. So the whole uh show was solid. But for you, sir, and I even text you because I know you said that you probably weren't gonna be able to see the show. Um, I texted you before we because I just watched this match that the best match of these two shows was the main event. And uh, I remember when we were previewing this, I'm like, this is a weird main event. And then you kind of look at it. It's like, okay, you have the three sisters. They're in there, and their tag partners are pretty much like the all-stars of their, their faction. So you have Hannah in there with Mayu, who I think everybody would agree is the you know best member of stars, and Hazuki, who's, to me, the number two member of stars. So then you have Hina in there with uh, Utami and Saya. Probably one or – I mean, you could throw Azumi in there as well. But the best tag team, obviously former red belt champion, current white belt champion. And then you have Rina in there with Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe. Again, one and two, and the former champions uh, for me. So I was like, oh, okay. I didn't kind of put that together until I was watching the match. And they do a good job spotlighting the daughters in the, or the excuse me, the sisters uh, in this match because it is their hometown. And then once it breaks down, it gets into like this stupor match where like Mayu's doing everything and Hazuki's doing everything. And then you, you, there's this one spot where Momo jump dumps Mayu on the top of her head. She turns around, Utami dumps Momo on the top of her head. She turns around, Mayu gets up and dumps Utami on the back of her head. So it's like all three of these like almost quote unquote leaders of their groups all got dropped on their heads by the other leaders. Um, I'm not going to go into everything because I'm telling you, buddy, you need to go and watch this match. This match was absolutely fantastic. I had it four and a quarter stars, and I thought they did a right thing by putting um, by putting Rena over. Um, I think she is, you know, I, I I think if we had a if I had to say who out of the three sisters is right now is the best of the three. I think we'll all say it's Hana. She just came off this great title reign. She did fantastic in the. Uh, in the um in the five star she had a great run in the tag league she drew some really good matches uh, for the artist of stardom championships but i wouldn't be shocked in 10 12 months from now that rena surpasses her and it's not by lack of trying from hana i think that she's got a lot of upswing especially in her character you know she's the evil she's basically the evil one of the sisters while like, hannah and hina seem to be like so squeaky clean so i think just because she has a little more depth to her character and she's improving so fast so quickly in the ring, I would not be shocked to see, uh, again, if in 10, 12 months, we had this conversation out of the three sisters, you know, who is the best. But uh, yeah, I, I literally have a page and a half of notes. I'm not going to go through everything just because I don't want to spoil. Obviously, you know who wins, but you know the destination. I don't want to ruin the journey for you. When you get a chance, my friend, you need to check out this match because... Again, four and a quarter stars. I was right there from giving it four and a half stars, which on a quote unquote road to show for a match to almost get four and a half stars. That's to me, that's must must watch. I will certainly check it out. Um, it sounds like I've missed out on an absolute bomb burner here. So uh, I'll uh, I'll check that out and I'll let you know what I think. Um, yes. 
So, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. The last two shows of Stardom's calendar year. We start with the year-end climax 2022 from Corican Hall on Christmas Eve because we've had a little bit more information um, regarding the card. So, what we have is an eight-woman tag match like no other. It's a Christmas Eve special eight-woman tag team match Christmas present battle. Um, the Stars team, Mayu Iwatani, Sayurida, Kogama and Hazuki versus the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashista, Lady C, Hina and Miyu Amasaki. Now, basically, from what I've read, all of the women are going to come to the ring dressed as Santa Claus, obviously, and whoever wins gets a very luxurious present from the real Santa. That is how it is explained on their website and also via Twitter. Um, now, Matt. Yes, sir. I feel like... I'm already laughing. Go ahead. I feel I'm like this is, this is a Mayu match. Like, <laughs> yeah. stars have to win this. Like... <laughs> You can imagine Mayu sitting on Santa's knee and getting a present. It just, it seems a very Mayu thing, you know, with a fake beard, which you'll probably forget in a different city. Um, and with it being a merry Mayu Christmas, it would be perfect for this. It just, stars are winning this, surely. Brother, brother, my good friend, I give you all the cheap plugs in the world. Did not see that coming. Way to tie in. Mayu, Merry Mayu Christmas with her and Santa Claus. Didn't see it coming. There you go, man. Home run, sir. Shut down the podcast. It doesn't get any better than this. It's been a great <laughs> run, folks. Um, yeah, I think so. I think I literally, as soon as it was announced, I think I texted you the picture. And I said, boy, if you can put one person in a Santa suit, it's got to be Mayu, right? She'll probably put the beard on backwards or yep, something absolutely. like that. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's the thing. How funny would it be? Santa comes in and she's like, okay, Mayu, you have to sit on Santa's lap for your present. And then Santa rolls up Mayu in the Kishika side. <laughs> and it's got it's that gosh dang Saki Kashima, the Grinch that stole Christmas or the win from Mayu. <laughs> Amazing. Even Santa is turning on Mayu. <laughs> What's the present? What do you think the present is? I know I know what I'm gonna say. Let's see if me and you are always on the same wave wavelength. Let's see. Let's see if we got this. What do you think that the present is? It's gonna be beauty's ass shampoo. Has to be. God damn right. You're <laughs> goddamn right. <laughs> or gift certificate to yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Has to be. Has to be. In which case Lady C needs to win. And sort of make that her thing, her staple stipulation is the beauty zest match. Um, but no, stars is what stars are one hundred percent. Is that this. the main event? Um, I don't. It's got Santa know. Claus, it's got her right. I mean, it's how the day you, before Christmas. How do you top Santa turning on Mayu? I, I don't know how you top that. Um, or Mayu getting a gift certificate to a beauty salon. <laughs> Um, we've got a handicap match. Stardom apparently listened to this podcast because rather than uh, just making it a straight-up Meltier versus 7-Up tag match, which is what it was, um, they've added Wacker to the mix as well. So it's now a handicap match with Cosmic Angels, Tam, Natsupoy, and Wacker taking on 7-Up. Um, I feel like that is in there solely so that 7-Up can get the win before Meltia get their win back at Dream Queendom, Matt. Really? That's your hot take? Um, well, no, my hot take <laughs> is that Nene Takahashi is going to get rolled up by Waka, but, you know. <laughs> it is Christmas, the Christmas miracle. Absolutely. I think, uh, if you remember the uh, the match they had at the, uh, the Tag League, 
it was poor Waka just getting power bombed through the mat uh, oh, from yeah. you. And I think I think that's just going to be a you know, hey, copy an A, get an A. I'm like, yeah, that looked really good. That'll be the finish. Yeah, we <laughs> see see on the 29th. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that's probably going to be it. Um, uh, Wacker is in there so that all four women who are in this tag match can remain strong. And that's fine. That, unfortunately, is where Wacker is on the totem pole at the moment. Um, we've then got some more sort of, I think they're billed to as Roads to Dream Queendom matches. So we've got a 10-woman tag team match with the Uenitai team of Natsukatora, Ruwaka, Momo Watanabe, Saki Kashima and uh, Fukugan Death taking on the prominence team of Suzu Suzuki, Risa Sara, Kurumi Hiragi, Akani Fujita, and Moki Natsumi. Um, so, Matt, um, obviously the Artist of Stardom Belts will be talking a little bit about them when we get to our Dream Queendom preview. Um, who do you think walks away from this match? When you look at who is on each side, who do you think is going to walk out of uh, Corrigan Hall with a victory? I think, I mean, just very similar to the uh, seven up versus Meltier match, you kind of want to have the challengers heat them up a little bit more, especially the fact that we haven't seen prominence since the end of, uh, uh, not Tag League, excuse me, of the end of the five star. So I think Corrigan Hall obviously is a huge, huge venue in Japan and a huge venue for stardom, especially this past year. I think it's uh, Suzu Suzuki. Uh, you give her the win with either the tequila shot or the German suplex over, I don't know, Fuku. I guess death. I mean, it doesn't matter, but I think it's got to be, I think it's, you got to give the win to the prominence, prominence team here. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd be very surprised if a weather tie come out of this with the victory. I mean, even if um, prominence are going to win the artist of stardom championships, you're absolutely right. We haven't seen prominence on a stardom screen since I think um, they were on, were they on? No, they weren't on stardom in showcase, in which case it was the five star, I think. Um, so it is, just heat them up. Make them look like this completely dominant force, and that adds even more intrigue as we go into Dream Queendom. Um, we've then got a tag team match, the Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Saikamatani versus Starlight Kid and Haruka Umasaki. It is explicitly written that it is Haruka Umasaki and not Karma. So with that, we're not going to have any fireballs or anything like that, so thank Christ. Um... This on paper looks like this could steal the show, Matt. Yeah, obviously the thing that we're, you know, in a joking faction, fashion we're looking forward to is Mayu and Santa Claus. But as far as match quality goes, uh, this is this is the match that it should be that we talked about in New Blood with, um, you know, the, the miss that they had on the New Blood show with Yumasaki. I think this is this is going to hit. And there's no way this can't hit, right? It's Starlight Kid. It's psych. I mean, basically, and then you're going to get a little preview. Yumasaki and... Um, and uh Sayakamatani, you know, five days out. Again, five that's five. This is the twenty-fourth. The show is the twenty-ninth. So five days out. So that hopefully gives us enough time where we can upload this to Stardom World. Fingers crossed, please. There's a lot of things you can do with this match. You can have Azumi and Starlight Kid go again for the high speed belts. Obviously, they're eternal foes. Um, you can have Haruka obviously Pensaya to heat her up. Um, you could have Starlight Kid pin Sayakamatani for the white belt, because obviously we've talked about how there seems to be this unfinished business between Sire and Starlight Kid. Maybe that's a path they're going down for another rematch um, in 2023. Um, I do think that Starlight Kid and Haruka Rumasaki have to win this, though, 
because as you mentioned with Karma being the one at New Blood, we haven't seen a lot of Haruka Masaki and those that don't watch New Blood um, won't have seen any. So I'm intrigued to see what Corrigan Hall makes of her. Um, I'd be surprised if Queen's Quest win this one, Matt. Yeah, I think it's going to be Yumasaki over Azumi. Or we can go the one last time of a Merry Christmas from Rossi Ogawa to you, T-L-D. <laughs> it, it might well be, to be fair. I think if any of them are going to go to a time limit draw, it's definitely this one. Um, uh, I'd like to see them, you know, you've, they've gone all in on Umasaki. Like, they're putting her in the semi-main of what is one of their biggest shows of the year. If you're going to go all in on it, go all in on her properly and give her the win here. Heat her up before you put her in the semi-main of Sumo Hall. But it is stardom. They do love them a, uh, a time limit draw, so it's probably going to be a time limit draw. Um, Obviously, I don't know which one of these is going to be main eventing, whether it'll be the Christmas Eve special Santa match or whether it's going to be this, which is a 10-woman elimination tag between God's Eye and Donna Del Mondo, um, which is going to be Shiori Mariah, Missouri, Tomoka Inaba, and Nanami taking on uh, Julia Maika, Himika, May Sakurai, and Tekla. Um, with it being elimination, I can see this going a long time, like late 20, early 30 minutes. I also think this could be a blistering match. Like the amount of lariats and things and kicks and just stiff forearms that are going to be thrown, especially as we get, like, say, five days away from Dream Queendom, I can really see this match ramping up, Matt. Yeah, especially if it's elimination, you're probably going to see over the top rope because I just don't see uh, Sherry or Julia eating a pin <laughs> five, uh, five days out so I can see one of them getting dumped over the top rope. But I think this is, considering the fact DDM went 0 for 2, and they did a good job heating Sherry up like, like they needed to. She's been hot for a year and a half. Um, I think that uh, Julia and maybe Micah, I think maybe you have two members of uh, DDM, are the last two, uh, two standing. I personally think DDM are going to win for the exact same reason as you. You know, they've just had back-to-back losses. I wouldn't be surprised if Julia and Suri eliminate each other. If it's, if it's over the top yes. rope, you know, it would Genius. not surprise me if they are just that aggressive in their lockup or in their just general fighting that they end up both going over the top rope. It keeps both of them strong. It continues to heat up the story. And then it gives a little bit of the rub to, I don't know, a, a Himika, for example, who can pin Mirai. Because I, I imagine Mirai will be the last one standing um, for DDM, if Suri, if for God's eye, sorry, if uh, Suri isn't. Um Overall, I think whatever happens, it's going to be an excellent match. I, if they have over-the-top rope elimination rules, I do think Julia and Suri will eliminate themselves together. If they don't, I mean, you run the risk of Suri eating a pinfall, and you don't want that really, do you? So I, I will be surprised if it's not uh, over-the-top rope. Either way... Those last two matches that we've talked about, God's Eye versus DDM, the elimination match, and the tag match between Azumi and Saikamatani and Starlight Kid and Aruka Masaki, both have potential to be genuinely, without hyperbole, be stardom tag matches of the year. I am very, very, very excited by these. So uh, no pressure, stardom. <laughs> yeah, that that, and uh, we get Suzu Suzuki and Momo Watanabe. More violence, please, because oh. their match from the five-star was just... 
It was like, I know what you do. You know what I do. We're going to go out there and just hit each other for real. <laughs> That's basically – so we'll get a little bit of that basically back-to-back on Christmas Eve and the 29th, so – Absolutely. Absolutely. Who says that we're not spoiled for Christmas? Um, right. <laughs> Let's delve into this main event, the Stardom Dream Queendom 2 card from Sumo Hall, 29th of the 12th, 2022. Just a programming note, we will be dropping this review, hopefully on the 3rd of January. So uh, we will be recording it on the 2nd. If it's not, I'll Lay a little bit close to the time, but if it's not re- um, dropped on the twenty on the evening of the second, then it will be dropped on the third. Um, let's go through this. Well, card. You're, you're 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 missing something else, buddy. We have a special guest that day as well. Oh, of course we do. Of course we do. <laughs> and let's be honest, it's the person that you like most out of this podcast. It's Karen Pearson is back by popular demand. She will yes. be back and uh, talking to us about Dream Queendom 2. So make sure you tune into that. And like before, I'll make sure that the video is uploaded to our YouTube channel as well. Um, We'll go back to, we'll come back to the Stardom Rumble because obviously at the moment we've had no announcements on who is going to be in that. Oh, go on Twitter, buddy. There's a picture with, I think, like 10 people on there. It was announced this morning. Damn it. Well, uh... Oh, the Lord's name in vain. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my sweet <laughs> nut in heaven. I'm only teasing you. <laughs> let's, say, let's start with the Pink Kabuki versus Tekla and May Sakurai. Matt, who do you have winning this match and why? You know, I said that with Yunagi coming back from time to time, I think she's going to turn on Mina. I don't think you do it on Mina's return match, and I don't think you do it as the very first match. I don't think you shouldn't angle the very first match of the show. Watch that what might happen. Uh, but no, I, I don't think for as hot as Mina was um, before the injury. And I, I just, and now you have the pink Kabuki team coming back. I think it's going to be Mina with a figure four leg lock over uh, May Sakurai for the win here. I'd be surprised if it's not Mina that comes away with the victory here. Obviously she's just been away from that injury because of her face. Um, so yeah, like you said, I'd be very, very surprised if she doesn't walk away with the victory here. And I think that's the right choice. I don't think May Sakurai, you know, you've got the little bit of history between May and Pinkabuki with obviously her leaving Cosmic Angels. I don't think she loses anything by eating a pinfall from Mina. Um, I think they will try and heat Mina up again because when she left, after that match with Sayak Amatani, her face pouring with blood and then cut that blisteringly good backstage promo. They'll want to capitalize on that. I'd be very, very surprised. Um, we've then got the Triangle Derby preview with Mayu Otani, Momo, Kogo, and Hannon, who are M and A? H&M, sorry. They're H&M now. Um, versus Fukuoka Double Crazy and Sayaida, who will be known in the Triangle Derby as classmates. Um, Matt, who do you see winning this one? You know what? As like with the undercard matches, I think this one has the opportunity to kind of steal the show. You literally have stars on stars, and you have a preview for a brand new tournament that they need to they're going to need to probably sell pay per views and seats for you know in, in a week's time. So I think this one's really going to blow the roof off. I think they're really going to go all out here. But I'm going to say I think you give Hazuki the win here. I think Hazuki for how great of a year she's had. I think Hazuki gets the win. Um, Maybe over, maybe over Momo. That would be my guess. But I think it's going to be. Uh, I, I can tell you this: if it doesn't go to a time limit draw, a Stars team will win. 
I just Bobby Heenan that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, Hazuki's going to get the pinfall win there. But I think it'll it'll be uh, that that side of the of the Stars team that wins. Yeah, I think it'll be classmates that win. Um, I I do think they will be. I don't think they'll win blue block, but I certainly think that they will be contenders in blue block. Um, I'd like to see Sayuri to get the victory, but I imagine it will be one of Fukuoka Double Crazy. You've got Hanan who can eat the pin. You've also got Momo Kogo who can eat the pin as well. Um, so yeah, I feel like classmates have got far more to gain from winning that. Um, we then move on to a number one contendership match for the Goddess of Stardom Championship match. Um, we have got My Himi, Micah and Himiko, The New Eras, Mirai and Amisori, and then BMI 2000, Ruwaka and Natsukatora in a three-way tag match. Um, obviously, Micah and Himika, well, Himika specifically came out and said that she understood that they've repeatedly lost for the championships and they need to do something different. I think if they've come out and done said something like that and then they come out and lose, that would be rather odd. Um, whoever wins out of this, I'd be happy to see face Meltier. Spoilers. Um, but I do feel like Micah and Himika deserve it. <gasps> I'm They're my favorite team out of all these teams. They were not only uh, my pick and your pick to win, but on our Patreon poll... 75% of the people that uh, voted had Mike and Himmick winning the whole thing. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, not I don't want to get too far off track here, but when me and Sean were looking at the brackets uh, over the weekend, we did our watch along, that there was obviously 75% had Mike and Himmick winning. There was one person that had Mina and Saki winning, one person that had my soccer Ryan Lady C winning, and zero people that had 7-Up winning. So... <laughs> <laughs> We weren't alone on that one, but uh, I see Mike and Himika maybe defeating Meltier for the belts, but you don't take the belts off them at least until the end of spring, beginning of summer, not unless like there's an injury happening. So they, do they get the title shot and then lose, and then you heat them back up? I can see either one of these teams winning because I think either one of these teams, I think that these teams are going to be just eating a loss for Meltier. And I don't think that it's going to be Mike and Himika just yet. This to me is like the hardest match to pick. Mm. I'm going to kind of flip a coin here just because uh, Ami and Mariah have had a bunch of tag title opportunities uh, towards the end of this year. But uh, I think it's going to be BMI 2000. But again, it's, it's a flip of a coin. I can see either three. That's, that's what's going to make this match so great. I mean, you have, you have the, you know, the two great established teams and then just how good Ruaka and Tor looked in the, in the tag league kind of almost as the wild card. So, and then plus the fact that I th- it, it, it's a coin flip and who wins, but uh, I'm going to say um, it's going to be Ruwaka and Tora at the Oedo Tai team. Just to throw sort of a little bit more behind that theory, Mariah and Amisori were the first title defense for Meltia. So, uh, you know, that was only at the five star in September. So uh, are they going to and- give the new eras another title shot? I'd be very surprised. It would be quite a cool story beat. Obviously, when Himika came out and said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do something different," it was to Tora. So uh, for Tora and Ruaka to then win that match and to mock Micah and Himika for losing yet again, that could be a nice little story for them. Obviously, Micah and Himika to maybe dethrone Maltia down the um, down the road. BMI two thousand. If they do win this match, obviously it's 
hopefully a bread and butter title defense for Meltier should they win the match at Dream Queendom. I think it does actually make sense now that you've said that. My does make sense for BMI two thousand to win this. Yeah, now and that, but it's, I'm assuming it's not elimination. So I will. I, if if uh, BMI is going to win, I think they'll beat they'll pin Mariah and Ami. And you talked about Mariah and Ami; they were the first title challengers for Meltier. They asked, they they asked, um, excuse me, they uh, they actually challenged um, FWC twice. They went to a time limit draw. And then got an automatic rematch. So they were they were 0 for 3 in a matter of like seven or eight weeks. So I don't think they could run that back. However, I wouldn't say no to Mirai and Tam just beating the bejesus out of each other. Oh no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, we've then got a special singles match, Kyrie versus Utami Hayashista. Um this is also a tricky one for me because I my automatic reaction is to have Utami to win here. And then once Kyrie is done with Tam and with Sasha Banks, presumably, Utami is another challenger for that IWGP Women's Championship. However, this is the one stardom show before Wrestle Kingdom. Do you want the IWGP Women's Champion to lose on the biggest stardom show of the year just before Wrestle Kingdom and the first title defense of the brand new belt? <sighs> This one, yes and no, yes and no, buddy. Because here's why say if you Tommy does win, and you're like, oh, geez, what's gonna happen here? And then you do something where she automatically challenges Kyrie for the belt. She comes out after the Tokyo Dome, uh, either at the press conference and just slams another beer, or she uh, basically <laughs> comes out afterwards. So it's just like to me, there's no wrong answer. And the reason why, it's because of the people involved. Utami, she's gold. She can't do anything wrong. Kyrie, you can't do anything wrong. As long as, long as this match isn't terrible, which I have no idea why it, why it would be, I don't think there's no wrong answer. You can always go the TLD route as well, my friend. But it, this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one, but uh, I think this is one where Rasio Gao is like, heads I win, tails I win. But at the same time, you're a week before Wrestle Kingdom. Does the New Japan brass, do they kind of get a say in this match? That I don't know. Does Kyrie do two time limit draws in the space of three appearances? Um, as long as they're good matches, I don't care, man. I'm not, yeah, I come from Rick, Rick, Rick Flair, Ricky Steamboat, old school styles. Hey, as long as it gets over and the match is good, I, I don't. I'm not the people that complain when Kenny Omega, they gave us Kenny Omega and Brian Danison on, on free TV and it went 30 minutes and people were complaining there was no finish. I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> really? Like, are you that spoiled or do I just love wrestling so much? I'm like, I don't care. Um, well, th- again, this is this. I, I just, I, you know, I said that the three ways, the hardest match to predict. This is probably the hardest match to predict, but just with the Wrestle Kingdom coming up and the fact that Sasha Banks from what I, and we'll get into it in a minute here. Um, Sasha Banks, from what I understand, is already in Japan. Um, I'm going to say Kyrie wins, but this is a uh, this is a little tricky one for me to pick. Just because you've said Kyrie, and otherwise we're just going to have the same picks. I'm going to say Utami, but it's it's not. I don't think it'll be the end of the world if Kyrie lost. Um, she's going to have to lose at some point, um, and I think Utami will be as good a woman as any for Kyrie to lose to. She's next red belt champion, for goodness sake. Um, and I think if Utami does challenge Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship, I think Kyrie retains anyway. So again, like you mentioned, it's flip a coin. I'm going to go for Utami just to be, just to be different. Um, 
High Speed Championship belt match. Then we've got Azumi versus Hikari Shimizu of Colors. Um, this one isn't too difficult to predict. We have got um, Azumi, who is one defense away from tying the all-time record with Mayu Ibutani for nine title defenses in a single championship reign. Um, and I'd be very, very, very surprised if they took the belt off her now to anyone never mind someone who hasn't featured on a stardom card. Now, this is going to be a zoomy. I thought this one obviously will be a barn burner. This will be a, you know, potential show stealer. Obviously, you know, it's going to be a great match. I think we all know the destination, but I mean, Azumi does so well in these high speed matches, getting her opponents over. There was a few times in that high speed match with Momo Kogel that I thought they were, they were swapping the belt and even the Mesa Ruga one as well. I'm like, wait a minute, she's in wrestling stardom. And there was a, there was like two more than one. Like two or three times where she, they were reversing the Azumi Sushi and reversing a lot of uh, Azumi's high-speed stuff. That it's just like, oh man, they're going to flip the belt. And I think we're going to see a lot of that on here. Don't blink. I think this is going to be an edgier seat, potential show stealer. But I think the uh, the high-speed bomb girl will retain here. Um, Oedetai versus Prominence then for the Artist of Stardom hardcore match. Obviously, the champions, Momo Watanabe, Starlight, and Saki Kashima taking on the Prominence team of Risa Sara, Suzu Suzuki, and Kurumi Hiragi in a hardcore match. Obviously, hardcore, you are looking at Prominence. You know, it's their wheelhouse. They are the deathmatch wrestlers. However... Do they dethrone a Oeratai? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I agree with you just because it's a hardcore match. Um, if it was, you know, because it's kind of their specialty. I wouldn't be shocked, though, to see a Oeratai uh, retain their titles because this trio has been absolutely fantastic. And as far as match quality goes, I mean, outside of probably the freedom, I mean, the best series of matches you, you know, you've ever seen with the, uh, with the artist belts. Um, the only thing I want is I don't like it when there's like a no DQ tag match or a hardcore tag match, and then they do tags. If there's no rules, why are you tagging? I just hope we don't see that. I will literally throw a childlike fit if like Starlight Kid is like selling and she has to make a hot tag to Mama Watanabe or something like that. I'm like, there's no rules. Like, why you're hitting people with chairs and there's gonna be thumbtacks and who knows what? Do we really need to be holding the tag rope? Uh, so that's the only, other than that, I don't think there's any way this match will miss. Um, I just, please don't do tags. If you're doing hardcore and there's no rules, there's just no reason to have tags. Just have them go all out. You know, you'll have the Oedo tile style brawl, or maybe they'll be brawling all throughout the crowd. Um, but I think this one's going to be fantastic. Again, Suzu Suzuki and Momo Watanabe violence, please. Yes. Um, but again, this is, I'm going to agree with you, my friend. I'm going to say prominence wins, but I would not be shocked if, uh, Oedo tie retained. Yeah, I don't think it does any damage to a weather tie. I mean, they've held the belts for, I think, 207 days or something like that, and they're third on the all-time list for title defences. So, you know, if they lose here to Prominence, in Prominence's sort of stipulation, it's their match, their wheelhouse. I don't think a weather tie lose anything here um, rather than losing in a straight-up wrestling match. Um, I think... I think prominence will just be too much. However, Momo Watanabe versus Suzu Suzuki is a very, very, very exciting um, prospect that we can look forward to. Um, we then move on to our Goddess of Stardom Championships match with Meltier defending against the Goddess of Stardom Tag League 2022 winners, 7-Up, Nene Takahashi, and you. Um, are we both going Meltier, Matt? 
you say Nene Takahashi and you, do you mean me? Yeah, absolutely. Get on a plane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is, I think this would be really good. Again, yeah, seven up. And I feel terrible that we kind of do- no, not dogged on them. I think we were just kind of just so shocked that they won. They were like, that's not what the people wanted. They had a phenomenal uh, tag league run and Meltier. They're operating on all cylinders. This match is going to be great, but I think these last uh, three matches are going to be pretty predictable, and that's A-OK. I'm not the type of person that you know complains about that. But yeah, I think you're going to see a Meltier retain here. Completely agree. Completely agree. And I think you are right. At the, at the very least, these these two matches are, are locks in terms of Meltier. And then this one as well, the Wonder of Stardom Championship match. Saya Kamatani defending against Haruka Umasaki. Much as I think that Haruka Umasaki will have a sort of breakout performance, she's not being Saya here. She is not. Saya is holding that belt and she's breaking the defense record. And unfortunately, Haruka Umasaki is little more than a stepping stone, I feel, for Saya Kamatani, but I have every faith that it will be a fantastic match, Matt. Yeah, and again, probably, um, you know, once we get uh, done with this recording and the next recording, I'm going to have to look up some uh, Yumasaki matches because I know very, very little about, a bit about her, but the uh, fantastic friends and family we have at the Stardom Cast are ranting and raving about uh, her ability. Yeah, this will be fantastic. Saya Kamatani, to me, she's the wrestler of the year, not just in stardom, but for all the professional wrestling. Um, and this is just going to be another fantastic match. My only kind of little question is, is there going to be some false finishes, very much like Saya had in the Starlight Kid match and in the Himika match, where you Starlight, where Saya Kamatani did such a great job putting her opponent over and kicking out a 2.999 is there going to be one or two of their near falls where um, where that happens, where I'm on the edge of my seat? I'm going to say probably because it's Saya Kamatani, and she does a great job of getting her opponent over. And again, when you put your opponent over and you go over, you just make yourself that much better. And that's literally what Saya Kamatani has been done pretty much since she won the Cinderella, uh, you know, back uh, in last year, especially with this wonder of stardom championship run. But uh, that being said, yeah, Saya Kamatani is, uh, is winning this match. And I don't see her dropping the white belt until probably World Climax, where I think she will drop it to, far out prediction, Hazuki, who will win the Cinderella 2023. Yeah, difficult to disagree with you there. The only other person I could potentially see Saya Kamatani dropping it to is potentially Mina. But obviously Mina. Mm-hmm. Mina's just yep. had a championship match, so they'd have to let that cool off a little bit. Um, but I think Saya will defeat umasaki here which will be 12 defense 12 v 12 um which means i think we will get momo watanabe coming out and challenging sire obviously um momo hasn't had a white belt match since she dropped the belt to orissa so you know to have sire tie the defense record against momo watanabe i think she will either get momo watanabe after this or momo watanabe to break the defense record and move from 13 to 14 but we'll see um obviously then we move to our main event Suri versus julia world of stardom championship match i think we both think it's julia's time matt 365 days one year to the day since Suri dethroned yutami hayashishta and finally sort of cemented her legacy do we think it's coming to an end at stardom dream queendom 2 yeah, I think so. And I, I always compare this, you know, I always tell my uh, 
my my American wrestling friends, this is very much Shawn Michaels, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, 1998. Even without Shawn Michaels' back injury, was Shawn Michaels a great champion? Yes. Was he still deserving to be champion? Yes. But when you have the hottest prospect you've had in years, in years, and you know that's basically, I guess, I guess I'm comparing Julia to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you don't. This is it's the biggest show of the year. She won the five stars. She they did a great job, kind of breaking her down the first quarter of the year. You know, with her. Losing mem- uh, with uh, Sherry uh, beating her at World Climax, and then her losing members of DDM to God's Eye, then Natsupoy turning on her, and then she just completely 180s it after dropping two the first two matches in the five star. She wins the five star. She's the most talked about women's wrestler, pretty much outside just about anybody, really. You know, these last couple months, I, I mean, it's Sherry's phenomenal reign. This is one of the best, you know, red belt reigns ever. Um, you can make an argument it's probably second or third. Um, that's another discussion for another day. But it's yeah, I think it's the writing's on the wall. Um, I wouldn't be heartbroken if Sherry, you know, retained. But at the same time, you know, I'm a huge fan of Sherry. But at the same time, I want the company to succeed. And how do you go? How do you succeed past the best year you ever had? Is by putting the belt on Julia. And I think we're full steam ahead with Julia. I mean, again, you have so many matches already set up for her for that red belt. That, uh, I mean, it's to me, I think it's just a lock. And I think this match, too, is going to be as much as I love their match at World Climax. I think this match is just going to be better. I'd be shocked if we rate this anything less than four and a half stars. Yeah, completely agree. I feel like there is a a feeling of this being Julia's time. Um, I think everybody knew that at some point Julia will be world of stardom champion. Um, and I think everybody understands that now is the time. And it's a case of if Julia doesn't dethrone Suri, who else does? Because, you know, there are very few people that Suri hasn't already run through in this spectacular World of Stardom championship run. Um, and I think it is Julia's time now to hold that belt. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if she holds on to it for a year plus. Um, I, but I agree. Know, who, I agree. Who is you are going to be hard pressed to find anyone who is going to be disappointed in a long, you know, year plus reign for Julia. Uh, my last question as we sort of round off this, because I also think Julia's winning this. Um obviously there are only ever two people to hold the world of stardom belt twice, and that's obviously like Io Shirai and Mayu Iwatani. If Julia wins the belt, that will have been sorry, just getting a notification on my phone for no reason. Um, that will be um, 15 champions Julia will be the 15th World of Stardom champion do you think Suri gets another shot at the red belt do you think she becomes a two time champion would you like to see her a two time champion down the road or do you think much like the other 13 champions it's a one and done I don't think it's a one and done because you never know. You never know if somebody's going to get hurt. You don't know if somebody if something's going to pivot. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't think that anybody expected the I mean, look. What's going on with Mina Shirakawa? Again, I wouldn't be shocked if she wins the the white belt. Sometimes you kind of have to pivot from certain things on who has the hot hand. I think the next two time champion is going to be Utami. Um, I think that, but at the same time, I don't think they already know where they're going to go past Julia. Again, you have coming off the matches she didn't win at the five-star. You know, Momo, Ma, she's never beaten Mayu. Mayu, you can heat up Starlight Kid. The Natsupoy thing is there. The Tam thing, you can always run back. 
Uh, she lost to Mirai. She lost to Suzuki, Suzu Suzuki. Anybody else that they, you know, that they they bring in. So you already have seven or eight solid opponents lined up for Julia. So I don't think they have that far ahead. I wouldn't be shocked in a year or two if you see Sherry champion again, but I think the next two-time champion is going to be Utami. So uh, that's my pick, sir. So I actually have a few questions for you, but what is, uh, what's your thought on your own question? Um, I don't know. Because the reason I say that is because I don't think when Suri took to the ring against Utami in Tokyo, um, at the Tokyo Dream Cinderella show. Um, I don't think there was ever any intention of running another match between the two. But because of how good that match was and how Lightning was caught in a bottle and how much of a buzz it you know it caused around stardom, they just capitalized on it. I don't think there was ever any... And then obviously you had Julia's big injury in the five-star as well. I'd have been surprised if the initial plan was to have Suri be the one to dethrone Utami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes to show you never know what's going to come round the corner. So I'm loath to say yes. I'm loath to say no, because again, like you mentioned before, you just don't know what the future holds. I do think that Utami will be a two-time champion. I 100% believe that. She's young. She's an outstanding wrestler, and she proved to everyone that she can be the top person in the company. The only sort of misgiving I have about maybe Suri doing it again is that she's already 33. So, you know, if... You... I don't like... I, I understand that. I hate that whole thing. Look at Minoru Suzuki. You know what I mean? 100%. I hate that. Well, they're third, 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 I understand what you're saying, but I don't like that train of thought. It's not because I don't think she can go. That is not where I'm going with that. It is a case of, will she want to continue wrestling? Or does she oh, want I to? At, I don't look at it that way. Okay. No, no, no. I'm, come on, man. She's, it's Yuri. She can wrestle no, 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 she's no, 50. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I thought maybe because a lot of you look at like the brass of stardom, they like the younger, you know, the younger wrestlers. And you always hear people saying once they hit 35, 36, they kind of were looking for the next thing. And I understand that. But at the same time, if you can go and you can sell tickets, I don't care if you're 19 or 90, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. But, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, she's already had a career in MMA. She's had a career in wrestling now as well. She's been the top champion. She is 33. Well, she wants to go and she might be married. I don't, you know, we don't know. But does she want to go and have kids? Does she want to carry on wrestling? Does she want to do, you know, all these things that come into it as well? I'd love to see Shuri as a two-time champion, a three-time champion. She's awesome. She's a fantastic wrestler. But it'll be intriguing to see if that will be the case. Yes, sir. Yeah, we shall see. So I have not one, not two, but three questions for you, sir. Hit me. Are you ready? Ooh, all the way over from America to England. I'm hitting them, folks. Uh, <laughs> question number one. Now, again, I'm sure like the majority of the stardom fan base, uh, just like us, we all think that Julia is winning this match, rightfully so. Do you think that they throw us off the set for just a half a second with Shuri hitting the Vermilion World only for Julia to kick out of it? Because it's her nuclear finish. Nobody's kicked out of it. She's won all of her big matches. She, she debuted it. Last year at Dream Queendom to win the championship. Do you think it's a good booking decision that she hits it to on Julia, square in the middle of the ring, 
and we have everybody for two or three seconds thinking, oh, geez, Shuri's going to retain. Do you think that that happens? Um, I think she hits it. I don't think Julia will kick out. Maybe her foot's under the rope. But she gets out of it. That's what I meant. She will get out of it, yes. Because there's okay. a nice so- mirroring between the two Dream Queendom shows then. Yeah. Okay. Question number two is we've seen Julia in all of her five-star matches win with a different hold. What does she beat Sherry with? I think she brings out something new. Oh, wow. Out of everything in the toolbox, you think she brings out something new. Like I'm going to say that she beats her with a top rope Northern Lights bomb. She used the Northern Jesus. Lights bomb. <laughs> that would be insane. She, you, well, look what her and Tam did at the finals, just suplexing each other on on each other's head. Um, I think that that's what's going to take to beat to beat Sherry. I think she brings out the Northern Lights bomb. I've been watching a lot of Akira Hokuto, man. You want to talk about some violent Northern Lights bombs? Oh, yeah, I man. think it's basically akin akin to her. I think she beats her with the Northern Lights bomb, but I think she either hits like two or three in a row, or she does it off the top rope. That would that's gonna be my guess. But you're saying something completely different. So like a school a schoolboy. Yeah, absolutely. I think 10 minutes, schoolboy, time for tea. Um, Question number three, sir. This is going to be a doozy. Sasha Banks, from what we understand, is already in Japan. I guess she's promoting her new makeup line that was kind of spoiled out earlier. Does she show up at this show to pump up her appearance for the Tokyo Dome? No. Damn you. You know what that means, folks. Yeah, so expect Sasha Banks. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, a load has been made of her appearing at the Tokyo Dome. I think you sort of take a considerable amount of the sheen off if she turns up at Sumo Hall as well before. Um, I know, agree. I just want to have that discussion with you. No, that's fine. I think you wait until Tokyo Dome, and then obviously she walks out and uh, a arena that is allowed to cheer will uh, hopefully hopefully lose their minds um but yeah um that just about brings our episode to an end um thank you so much for listening guys obviously we hope you have a wonderful safe merry christmas um thank you to everyone for your support throughout this year the support for the podcast throughout 2022 has been just unbelievable um the analytics and the numbers and everything like that has been truly astonishing and some of the compliments that we've been given is is truly humbling and we we massively massively appreciate every single one of you whether you are our fantastic patrons who support us every month and we massively appreciate you or whether it's listening to the podcast or just talking to us on discord or twitter or whatever we massively appreciate every single one of you so thank you very very much we wish you like say a a wonderful christmas and a happy 2023 um you can of course subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts you can follow us on social media at the stardom cast don't forget to check out the website www.thestardomcast.com you can talk to me on twitter at real rob goodwin matt turner would you like to sign us off Yes, uh, before I can tell you, we get a hold of me again to echo uh, Rob's sentence. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. Uh, be safe, celebrate it with your friends and family. You know, enjoy this time. If you get anything cool, stardom related for Christmas, you know, put it on Twitter and tag me, Rob, in the podcast. Love to see 
uh, what cool stardom stuff that everyone gets. But uh, again, thank you guys so much. I could not have dreamed in this first year that I've been a part of the podcast, just uh, how we're growing and all the different things that mean rap kind of have in the can and all these wonderful ideas that, uh, that we have. So again, I we can't say thank you enough. It's just absolutely amazing what we've been able to do over the last 12 months. So thank you everybody so, so much. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. If you need to get a hold of me, any questions, comments, you want to talk about anything, folks, I'm going to have a lot of downtime. Uh, again, like I, said, I'm <laughs> off and, I am off. I, I literally, I work hurt, sick, tired, whatever. So I can hoard my days for this time. I love holiday season. I love being able to kind of relax a little bit. So if you guys need to get a hold of me, any questions, comments, the best way to get a hold of me is on Twitter and or the Instagram. Just DM me, Matt Turner OF. Uh, as always, if social media is not your thing, I completely understand. Uh, send me up on the email, the class 22 at gmail.com. And that'll do it, folks. Like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all this together. And everybody's special. Every, shoot, I messed that up. Everybody's different. Everybody's <laughs> special. Happy New Year, everyone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.